Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's views from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Staying safe out there during this holiday week. That's right. It's finally Christmas time. My favorite time of year. Regardless of what's going on in the world, I'm really excited for Christmas this year. And I hope you all are as well, however you're spending it this year. I know we're all having to spend it a little bit differently this year. But nonetheless, it's whether it's this year or any other year. Christmas is one of the most wonderful times of the year and one of the most happiest times of the year. I, I, I've i come to, you know, kind of believe here. So regardless of how this year has gone, it's finally Christmas time, everybody. Get get your presents ready and uh, get your streaming services ready because there's going to be a lot of presents being open and a lot of stuff that's going to be watched on Christmas Day because there's a lot of stuff coming out on Christmas Day that I just now realized you got Amando. Season 2 behind the scenes thing that's coming out on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. Uh, speaking of Mando Season 2, we'll plug here. Me and Peter, we're planning on talking about Mando Season 2 as a whole later on. We're planning on taping that later tonight and putting that out there tomorrow on Christmas Eve of all days. So we're going to be talking about that. Some of our thoughts and favorite moments from this past season. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. Our group chats has have been fun talking about this past season, and boy, we had a we had a doozy of a finale. So we're gonna be talking all about that uh, later on. So there's a Mando season two behind the scenes pod uh, behind the scenes thing coming out on Disney Plus. You got Soul, the Disney Pixar film that was supposed to come out in theaters, but is coming out on the service on Christmas Day. I think that's going to be really good. I mean, it's Pixar. I don't think you can expect anything less but really good stuff from Pixar. So that ought to be good. And then Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out on Christmas Day. And not only is it coming out on HBO Max, but coming out in theaters as well. So if you feel safe going out to theaters, there's, there's that possibility for you. But if you just want to stay inside, open Christmas presents, and watch Wonder Woman 1984, which is what I would do, to be honest. I mean, you get the best of both worlds right there, especially if you're, if you got young kids and they really like Wonder Woman and they have a bunch of presents to open there. That's an easy way to tie them in for Christmas morning. Get that, get both those things going on. So there's a lot of stuff coming out there on Christmas day. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going on, but hopefully you guys get a chance to listen to this pause where we got a lot of stuff to talk about in the sports world with Football college bowl season is getting underway. We've already had a few bowls happen. We've already got a, one canceled. We already had a couple teams pull out, including my Tennessee Vols. So their season is done. And I'm going to say this: thankfully, it's done. You know, I don't want it, I don't want it to have ended because of COVID related stuff. I just wanted to end because you know we we did not deserve to be in a bowl game. Three and seven. There's more deserving teams. I'm glad Army is getting the chance to get in that bowl game. I think there's a, another one I'm missing. I think it's the Military or Armed Forces Bowl. It's one of the two. But uh, either way, and you know, it's crazy that Army didn't get in either one of them. But we're going to be talking about that. And the playoff. We finally know who the final four are going to be. And newsflash, buckle up everybody. It's the four that's been the rankings the last few weeks no surprise at all and there's a couple things that are ticked off and so we'll talk a little bit 
about the four teams that got in, the teams that did miss out on the top four. We got some NFL to talk about with what happened this past week. Another wacky week going down in the NFL. And we got a couple of uh, winners that had not won in a long time. Essentially might be ending up losers. Looking at you, Jets. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe the Eagles found their new quarterback in Jalen Hurts and what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. And we got NBA opening night to talk about. So we got a lot to get through with uh, with all that good stuff. But get some house clean done out of the way. We're sponsored by Anchor, the best way to make a podcast. Thanks to Anchor, as always, for sponsoring the show. And if you guys want to make a podcast like I'm doing right now, you can go get yourself Start it up on Anchor and get whatever podcast you want to get going up on there. I got everything you need. So if you need any specific tools, like if you need music, transition music, any of that good stuff, it's right there for you. Best way to make a podcast right there. And one of the things about Anchor that makes it a really good way to have a podcast is there's a lot of distribution methods. So if you want to have your podcast out on services like Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, they got you covered there. And speaking of those platforms, go check us out on both those platforms, views and entertainment. Keep up with the latest podcast that we got going up. We got some going on in the next few days. Peter's free and, you know, tonight's one of Peter's free dates, so... I'm gonna to try to crank out as many pods as I can with Peter while uh, while I got while I got him here while he's free while he's got some free time. His free time's been really limited, so we're gonna to try to get a few pods done here as we close out this year and move on. Thankfully, the 2021 this year's been a doozy, guys. It's it's been another year, but uh, it's been a, a year quite unlike other years. So. Buckle up, we're about to head on to 2021, and thank goodness the calendar's turning. But let's start with some NBA to get started here. And let's talk about the one thing that's setting Twitter aflame right now with James Harden, with the NBA looking into him and whether he violated COVID protocols, whether he went to a strip club or not. He's made that pretty much well known that he did not, but he's... Pretty much outed himself saying, like, yeah, I went to this event. And there are pictures going around of him. Videos. And so now that's being looked into. And also it's just come out recently that the Rockets, they're going to have a few players out during their game tonight versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Due to contact tracing, John Wall was one of them. He tested negative for the virus. But he's, he's still been sent home. I know DeMarcus Cousins was. Ben McLemore wasn't going to play tonight because he tested positive. But according to guys like Woj and Shams, he's not the player that triggered this, what's been going on with the Rockets here the last few minutes or so. So who knows who the player is? Could it be Harden? It might be. But we don't know that for sure. We might not we might not even know that once all the stuff comes out. So either way, it's not a good look for Harden and he's just diminishing his trade value right now. He wants out so bad, but yet he's still going out here. He's doing all these things and I mean it 
it kind of shows like right now he doesn't care what the, what the Rockets really uh, do. Like he he just wants to get out of there. He could care less if they with what they end up in a package for him. Like I don't care, just get me out of here. But uh, he's really diminishing what trade value he has right now. That contract doesn't help. That's huge. Finding a fit for him that. I mean, that's another key part of it. What's going to be a fit for him? But just now, he's... Man. <laughs> I feel bad for the Harden fans out there. I really do. <laughs> they're taking a... Whew, they're taking a, a lot of criticism today, as well as uh, Harden, for, uh, for what he's been up to. So, it's not a good morning. If you're James Harden, if you're a James Harden fan, if you're the Houston Rockets, and you're excited to get your season started in here, you got to deal with all this extracurricular stuff with Harden and fear where that's going on. And then you got players out due to contact tracing. So not a good way to start off your season if you're the Houston Rockets. But other than that, let's talk about the NBA season that started last night with a couple of games on TNT. The first one was... Steph making his comeback to this season after missing pretty much all of last season. Playing his first game in a long time as well as Kevin Durant coming back in the first time in about 18 months. Hadn't seen him since Golden State and Toronto played in the finals a year and a half ago. Doesn't feel like it a year and a half ago, but comes back last night. You got Kyrie out there. The first time we're seeing these two out there on the floor together. And also, James Wiseman making his debut. Warriors putting him out there in the starting lineup, just throwing him into the fire. No Draymond Green last night. The Nets run away with this game, leading by as much as 38 points. Katie and Kyrie looking really good early on. And, you know, I'm really excited about this Nets team. They got a, they were talking about on the broadcast that they they can go in a lot of different directions with the players that they have out there. That lineup that they put out there is strong with Kyrie, Dinwiddie. Then you throw in somebody like Joe Harris, who's an awesome shooter, KD at the four, DJ at the five, and then you bring in guys like Karis LeVert, Tarney Prince, Jared Allen, uh, missing uh, Landry Shamit. They they got some. They got a pretty nice squad going on in Brooklyn. I'm excited to see how the season goes for them. And I think KD's probably got a good shot for MVP. If from what everybody's been saying, that he looks really, really good, and uh, that he could definitely make a move for that MVP trophy this year. But on the Warriors side, Wiseman he did look he did look pretty good. He looked pretty good. I know the Warriors are excited about him and to have a young talent like him on their squad to see what they can do with him and try to see if they could help kind of extend their really good years here to come with how many years left they got Steph and when Clay comes back and Draymond, who didn't play last night either. So it'll be really interesting to see uh how he his career develops early on here with Golden State, but not a bad start last night. And uh, I still think the Warriors are going to be a playoff team. 
They'll be good. I really like the Oubre edition. I like that. You got to hope for more for Andrew Wiggins. And it's already the first game of the season and Andrew Wiggins is getting bullied on Twitter. Like, that didn't take long. And you know what else didn't take long? The Clippers blowing another lead in a game. But thankfully this time, for their sakes, they kept the lead. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that they they kept on doing in the bubble and it came back to bite them. And last night, playing the Lakers, no, I kind of told my I told my dad this when they jumped out to that big lead. Like, imagine if you're the Clippers and you're watching this go down, and you're technically your home arena as well, and you're watching the team that everybody thought you that you were better than, and you're watching them get rings instead of you, and you have to go through that and watch the whole ceremony out there. <laughs> I told my dad like, oh, I'd be. Mad too. I'd come out guns a blazing too. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see us on getting the rings next year. But the speaking of the ring ceremony, thought it was a really cool way that they did it. They didn't hang the banner last night. They want to do it when they can have fans in the arena so they can celebrate that moment together. The ring ceremony, having family members send video messages to the various players that were getting rings though that was great uh that's a cool way to do that type of thing and the situation that we're all in 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 this world so that's a really cool way to do that and uh the lakers try to come back and you know the clippers end up pulling that one out paul george having an awesome second half and uh you know, the same thing happened last year with the Clippers and Lakers. Clippers, in their first game, won big. You know, I think let's let's take it slow. Let, let's not overreact to this. I I would hope that that Clippers team would be the first to tell you that. But, you know, I think for the Lakers, I think they're just going to, you know, I mentioned this on the pod last week or a week, a week or two ago that the Lakers and a lot of these teams that got back from the bubble really recently are probably going to have a lot of tough times here in the next few days as the season's getting started to get their legs up under them because they just stopped playing, in the Lakers' case, over two months ago, 70-something days. So, of course, they're still going to be a little bit worn out. You had a really condensed offseason with the draft, free agency, offseason stuff all taking place within a matter of days here in the last few weeks. And so it's not a lot of time. And plus, you're adding new players and you got to get them adjusted to their system and how things are done there. So there's going to be a lot of things that's going to be going to be a lot of growing pains, I think, for the Lakers early on. But they'll be fine nonetheless. It's just going to take some time to get their legs up under them. You know, they, I think Vogel said that they're ready mentally, but they aren't ready physically. And so once they're ready physically, I think they'll be good to go and they'll be really, really good this year. That I really like this Laker team and what they added. And I really like the Clipper team and what they added too. So a, lot of, a couple of good games last night. We got a good slate. 
on Christmas Day. Speaking of other things to watch on Christmas Day, you got a bunch of NBA games too, and you got an NFL game. So look at it. If you if you're just staying at home for Christmas this year with whoever, or you know, I hope not. You're, you're by yourself, but if you are, you got. A lot of things to watch on Christmas if you're into all this stuff. If you're into basketball, football, sports, that type of thing. Star Wars, uh, Pixar, Disney. If you got HBO Max. If you got a Roku, HBO Max is now on there. So, hey. So, there's that. But uh, you got tons of things to watch on Christmas this year. So, you know, the times we're living in may have changed how Christmas is handled. But that doesn't mean we... Christmas still can't be fun because there's a lot of things to watch this Christmas, including five NBA games that are going to be fun, the five usual NBA games that are on Christmas. So excited for all those games to go down as we get started for this upcoming season. If you want to hear more about the upcoming season, me and Charles talked about it a little bit last week about this upcoming season, some of our thoughts on some of these teams in the East and the West and this season going forward. So if you want to check that out, it's out there on those podcasting platforms I mentioned up at the top. So if you want to check that out, go ahead and do it. But really excited for the season to get underway here last night and really ready for it to get started here later tonight. All right, let's talk some college football. Let's go right into college football and let's talk about championship weekend. And then we'll go right into the playoffs and how they were announced and some of my thoughts on it. So college football conference championship week last week. USC, Oregon. Of course, Oregon was the team that had to replace Washington in the Pac-12 championship game due to Washington's COVID concerns. And Oregon goes out and gets the victory and becomes the Pac-12 champs. It's weird how that works because ne- so Washington is the Pac-12 North winner and USC is the Pac-12 South winner, but Oregon is the Pac-12 champion. I mean, this again, this year is not normal. This year's weird. So Oregon, they win 31 to 24 and get a chance at a pretty good bowl game. They're playing Iowa State and that's uh, going to be a fun one to watch so there there's your Pac-12 champion with the Oregon Ducks the Big Ten let's let's talk about this game you know Justin Fields struggled in this game and the two games feel Justin Fields has struggled in he's looked like he's struggled a lot with a lot of bad turnovers in that Indiana game and some bad turnovers in this game Ohio State just could not get on the board for the longest time. They could only kick field goals. And if you're an Ohio State fan, it was frustrating for a time. You got three, you got two field goals in the first half, and Northwestern was outplaying you. But the thing that hurt Northwestern in their one loss this year against Michigan State was their turnovers on offense. And that came back to bite Northwestern. In this game, in the second half, where Ohio State finally figured out, hey, we can score touchdowns here. And Ohio State scored a couple touchdowns in the second half. 
had a field goal as well. Won 22-10. Really, Trey Sermon really carried this Ohio State team to victory in this Big Ten title game. 29 carries, 331 yards, and two touchdowns. So Ohio State, despite only having six wins and playing in only six games, are your Big Ten champions. Let's go away from the championship games for a second. Let's talk about A&M and Tennessee for a second now. I'm just glad this season's done. I mentioned it to you guys earlier. I'm just glad this season's done. A&M looked really good. Didn't run the ball as good as they usually do. But Kellamon looked good, looked efficient. He did have one turnover. And, of course, Tennessee can't capitalize on it because Tennessee doesn't know how to score more than 20 points in a game. I'm just, I, you know, to be honest, guys, I'm lucky that I know what the uh, out with seeing the Titans and their offense. I'm lucky to know what an explosive offense looks like, you know, because if they didn't, I wouldn't know what an explosive offense would look like. I'm like, wait, you can score more than 20 points? Is that allowed? And with the balls, it's like that. And also, hey, what's a tight end? We threw it to the tight end a couple times. Our first touchdown was at a tight end. Like, we all know what tight end is. And, like, those were been extinct all year for us. But Tennessee, they lose 34-13. to A&M, who's on an 8-1 on the season. I'll tell you what. I, I, I think they should be a little bit ticked off for not getting into the playoff. But, you know, I thought A&M was going to go for some style points in this one. And, you know, I think that that's probably should have been the way they should have gone. I don't know if it would have made any difference, but I would have thought about it made them think about AM more. I mean, AM's only losses to Alabama. And you know, that that was a hard fought loss for them. And so I think if they if they played them this time around, they might have been more competitive against them. I still think Bama would have beat them because Bama's been really great here in the last several games. Their defense has really come on. But uh we Sands that uh, SEC title game here where they allowed, like, how many points? Yeah, so I think A&M definitely should have had a case to get in. I'll discuss that a little bit more, but good season for A&M. Kel Mon, good way to end the season, the senior season. Uh, maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe he'll stay, maybe he'll uh, go to the draft. Try, or maybe, he'll, again, he'll stay in trying to improve his stock with another year under Jimbo Fisher. But they are losing a lot of pieces on that offensive line. That offensive line has been the story of AM this year. The Maroon Goons, as I like to call it. Love a good nickname for a specific unit you know, of a football team. But they've been really good all season long. And so I think most of them are going to be heading off somewhere unless some of them want to come back for another year as well. And, you know, try to get some more experience and try to help their stock. But either way, it was a good year for A&M. They, I, I think they got, I kind of got the shaft with what happened. I think they should have been considered a little bit more here. So moving on back to the, back to the championships. Let's go to the big 12. Talk about this one. I picked Iowa state to win this one. Iowa state came so freaking close to coming back in this one down by a whole lot. Yeah, you know, twenty-four to seven at the end of the first half. 
they make a furious comeback. And if it, and Brock Purdy, they couldn't get themselves lined up in that situation late in that ball game. If you, there's a couple times on that drive where they had the same problems, but they were able to get positive plays and convert. On this one, Purdy just threw it up for grabs. Oklahoma picks it off. Game over. And Oklahoma wins the Big 12 title game, 27-21. But uh, props to Iowa State. I love how Matt Campbell was getting really upset about offsides. I've been called a couple times on Oklahoma. Now he was pointing at one ref, and then he was pointing at one of the other refs. And I'd love to know what a coach with that type of passion is like on the sideline. I don't know what that's like in Knoxville. But Iowa State, hey, came close to it. Came close to it, but uh, they come up short, just six points short uh, of a big 12 title. And they'll pro- they might be losing a couple of their guys on that team there. But I know, I think Brees Hall, their running back, their star running back, he's coming back. He's only a sophomore, so... You got an awesome running back coming back, so there's something Iowa State on that offense can build around. So let's go to, you know, let's go to the AAC for a quick minute. Let's go talk about Tulsa and Cincinnati. Of course, Cincinnati undefeated. For some weird reason, they've been dropping a spot in the rankings every single week. I, I mean, I think we know the reason why, but it's uh, for some it's so unexplainable even if you do know the reason. But Cincinnati playing Tulsa, 6-1. and one. Tulsa's got a couple guys on there that can be going to pro next year that are really good. Cincinnati's got a really hard, tough-nosed team. They were favored by 14.5, and they come out with a victory there, winning 27-24 there. Just a, just a great all-around season for Cincinnati, for Luke Fickle and what he's done with that program and building that up 9 and 0 this year beating a couple of really good teams and getting them all the way up to the top 10 even though they're disappointed with how they've been perceived probably in by the playoff committee that shouldn't take away from the fact like they're a top 10 team nobody can take that away from them. they're a top legit top 10 team this year and so props to Luke Fick and Luke Fickle for getting them up to this point so far, he's done a really good job there. And so, he wins the AAC title over Tulsa. So, there's that game. Let's talk about the ACC. And Clemson and Notre Dame now. I went Notre Dame on this one. And I probably should have been a little bit smarter about this one. Considering Clemson was a huge favorite. Ten and a half points. I have on the spreadsheet. Clemson, of course, gets Trevor Lawrence back. They get a couple defenders back in this game. And they just absolutely route Notre Dame 34 to 10. And Clemson winning this winning the ACC title. Getting some revenge on Notre Dame from earlier this season. And Trevor Lawrence looking awesome as usual. Future Jags quarterback Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> 25 of 36, 322, and two touchdowns through the air. Travis Etienne, another guy that's going to be going to the pros and probably be really good and be a high draft pick. 10 carries, 124 yards, and touchdown. And Amari Rodgers 
Eight receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Notre Dame just did not have an answer for them this game. Notre Dame only got their only touchdown in the fourth quarter as this game was well in hand by the fourth quarter. So Clemson, they move on to become the ACC title champions once again. It's coming back to Clemson, South Carolina, and they're going to be heading to the college playoff to try to build on this really impressive victory over a really good Notre Dame team. I think you do have to question whether some of it was not having Lawrence there, but I still think Clemson's Clemson. I still think like DJ Uwe Ungulale, who's going to be their quarterback after Lawrence leaves, he's going to be good. He's another five-star quarterback, another big five-star quarterback. He's going to be fine. We're going to be talking about him being an awesome quarterback by this time next season for Clemson. So, uh, either way, props to Clemson for coming out and really showing the world, you know, hey, we weren't fully healthy for that Notre Dame game. If we were, they probably think it would look like something like this. But, and, you know, I think Dabo was pretty much like, yeah, Notre Dame's a playoff team, you know, with the way they played them earlier and with this game. And uh, having Ohio State ranked 11th, I think. I think that that's where they were, or where you had them. So, uh, yeah, good ACC title game right there, and Clemson win, wins that one. The SEC championship game, Alabama-Florida. Yeah, I mentioned Alabama's defense was doing pretty good, except, you know, their earlier season form came up in this game against an awesome high-powered Florida offense with Kyle Trask, who threw for over 400 yards, along with Mac Jones. Just a couple guys that have raised their stock so much this season and are really going to be making a whole lot of money in the future for whatever NFL team they're going to be drafted by. Kyle Pitts showing out. Kadarius Toney. Devontae Smith. Najee Harris. Like, legitimately, you might have three guys for Alabama. Seriously in contention for the Heisman. And what's going to hurt some of their chances is some votes are going to be split between the three of them. Because Najee's had a great season and deciding to come back for this season, try to help improve his game and his stock for the NFL. He's certainly done that, scoring five touchdowns this game. Two on the two on the ground, with including 178 yards and 31 carries. But also three touchdowns through the air. I'll tell you what, it... It's him and maybe ETN. I don't know. It might be Najee Harris as running back number one in the NFL draft next year. He certainly showed out in this game. I mean, Florida's defense has been sort of suspect this season. And they haven't been really up playing up to Florida standards. So, either way, Najee, great game. Devontae Smith. Great game. That, again, great decision to come back. And Mac Jones, 418 yards, five touchdowns, only 10 incompletions. So another good game for him. It's just going to be hard to figure out who's going to win the Seisman. I'm telling you guys, between those three, Trevor Lawrence, I know I'm forgetting somebody. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be, you might have three Alabama players in the top five and voting easily without question 
So it's going to be tough for those voters to try to figure out who who do you prefer. Do you prefer the quarterback? Do you prefer the star running back? Do you prefer the star wide receiver? It's going to be a tough tough decision. I don't envy those Heisman voters. They got a big decision on their hands, but Alabama comes away, beats Florida 52-46 there. Another undefeated season for the Tide, 11-0 as they're the number one seed in the playoff now. Let's see if we have any more conference championship games to discuss. Oh, yes. Boise State, San Jose State. Speaking of Boise State, their coach just got hired by Auburn, which uh, is kind of funny because I found out, you know, their new coach followed Gus Malzahn after he left Arkansas State for Auburn. So, funny how things work sometimes, everybody. It's funny how some things work out in this world, and this is definitely one of those situations where it's funny, but Boise State, I picked Boise State in this game. They lose to San Jose State. Props to San Jose State. I didn't know they were undefeated. You know, they got into the rankings last week. Now they got a 7-0 record. Probably maybe the best San Jose State season they've ever had. So, props to them. Overall, 4-3 in championship weekend. Could have done a little bit better. Probably should have taken Clemson over Notre Dame. Probably should have seen that coming. And uh, probably should have known that USC's, how USC plays in some of these games was going to come back to bite me at some point. I thought it was going to come back to bite me during the regular season and happens in championship weekend. So let's talk briefly about the playoff. I mentioned a couple things about it during that little stretch there. AM, you know, listen, I thought Notre Dame with them getting blown out by Clemson. I mean, if the, the game was close, I could say, yeah, Notre Dame probably should get in. They should be the number four team. And, you know, there's even questions about Ohio State, but I, Ohio State's still one of the best teams in the country. So I think Notre Dame probably would have gotten number four, Ohio State number three, Clemson number two, and Bama at number one. Or maybe you could have put Notre Dame at three. They were like, nah, you don't want to put Ohio State that high. Let's just put them at four. But, you know, Notre Dame, of course, gets blown out. So that left the door open for A&M. So I don't know. It, it's a really tough situation if you're an A&M fan that you find yourself in. You do really well this whole season, and then it gets this time of the year, and you don't make the playoff, and that's upsetting. And I can see why it is for A&M fans for uh, seeing Notre Dame get killed in a big-time game against Clemson, who's another playoff team, and just seeing them not get a chance to get in is uh, upsetting. Cincinnati for them, and listen, Cincinnati would – not have played with all those teams in the top four. But they should have at least gotten some consideration there at the end. Florida. Now, if, you, if Florida had been Bama, now let's say Florida comes back and may, has, that, has that late drive go well for them, and they find a way to go against Bama in overtime, or maybe even beat Bama. Does Florida get more consideration again? Over A&M, over a one-loss team. Maybe. I mean, they're the SEC champs. Are you going to leave the SEC champs out of the playoff? It's very hard to do. In which case, you probably would have seen a scenario where you would have had two 
SEC teams in the playoff. In that case, what happens to Notre Dame if they still get blown out by Clemson? What happens with Ohio State? Again, Ohio State came very close to losing that game against Northwestern. And they still barely squeak by, even if it's only 12 points. And them only playing six games. So there's a lot of things to consider there. A lot of variables to consider. And if you're Notre Dame... You, you better be you better be lucky right now that the committee puts you at number four. I don't see them anyway competing with Alabama. The the spread is already freaking out of hand right now. This game's being played here in a few days. Like we got a while before this game is played, but my goodness, the spread is insane. So for the playoff, I don't know what they need to do. I definitely think something needs to be figured out. There are smarter people than me to find a way to figure out if something like if something else could work. There's smarter people out there there than me that can figure that stuff out. But maybe there needs to be some tinkering going around there. Maybe there needs to be a little bit of college basketball format where the conference championship conference champions have a fair shot to try to find themselves away into the playoff or maybe just have the conference champions play each other somehow and just figure that stuff out and maybe you got a couple wild card teams or something stuff like that do like the nfl does but i don't know that there's smarter people than me that know college football better that can figure that stuff out that can have that might have better scenarios than that in their head but this is where we are. This is where we are with bowl season with college football right now. Is that pretty much the same teams that were introduced to us in the initial rankings with, you know, just Clemson moving moving up to number two and Notre Dame moving down to number four and Ohio State moving up to number three. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much the changes that the top four have undergone. And so, it's pretty much the same teams you would expect to be. with Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State with probably another Alabama-Clemson matchup. And, you know, listen, it, it has kind of gotten stale. I understand these are probably the two, two of the best teams. But at some point, even though these two are the best teams, some things like can't get stale and maybe need a little bit of tinkering. So with that all being said, I guess let's talk about all the bowls that are going on now. We've had a couple canceled with South Carolina, them having COVID-related stuff going on. They're not playing. Then you have Tennessee, same thing as well. You got a lot of other stuff going on in Tennessee. You, you got compliance issues to be concerned about right there. You know, just when I think this season couldn't get any worse, all this stuff pops up. <laughs> so, again, glad the season's over, but not a way to end it. So, those two teams aren't playing. I forget which bowl, either the Armed Forces or Military Bowl. I think it might be the Military Bowl that's canceled, and that is I have to go find that, but I I think that's the one that has been uh, canceled. You got some bowl games going on today with the, the or 
RL Carriers Bowl with Louisiana Tech and Georgia Southern, then the Montgomery Bowl between Memphis and Florida Atlantic. I got Louisiana Tech and Memphis in both of those. But those are just a couple of games going on today. I have to find out who's in that military bowl. Maybe I don't have it on here. Maybe I overlooked it for a second. But either way, you know, bowl season's here. A lot of interesting bowl matchups. I hear the that con bowl matchup between Oklahoma and Florida. Uh, the New Year's Six Bowls are actually not that bad this year. And that one's a pretty good one right, right there. With those two teams. And see how they compete against each other. Um, The Peach Bowl. Cincinnati versus Georgia. Cincinnati's going to get a shot here. They're going to get a shot to play against a high level SEC team. With Georgia. It seems to that maybe they finally found. The guy at QB with JT Daniels. And hopefully for their sakes. He comes back next year, and they got a good thing going there on offense with some guys coming back there. So, that ought to be a fun game to see if Cincinnati can prove themselves, and they could give them a shot to get a double-digit win season, get them at 10-0 and on the year. So, big game for Cincinnati and trying to make a statement there against a top-level SEC team. The Citrus Bowl ought to be interesting because, again, Northwestern gave – Ohio State a run for its money. Just turnovers happened in the end, and that cost Northwestern. They're playing Auburn, who, of course, they just got through their coaching search. So, obviously, some things going on with Auburn. So, that ought to be interesting to see how Northwestern bounces back from that Ohio State loss. Then, Fiesta Bowl, Oregon versus Iowa State. See if Iowa State can uh, get one more win here before the season's done. And try to, you know, kind of get the sour taste out of their mouth of that Big 12 title game. Uh, the Cure Bowl. Liberty versus Coastal Carolina. Now, in some Tennessee fans' cases, this would be the Tennessee new coach bowl. It's like, whoever wins this one becomes Tennessee's new head coach. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I would be down for that. It'd be entertaining. Liberty, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina's going for a 12-0 season. And Liberty, trying to get a 10-win season going on. Get 10-1 with Hugh Freeze there. Uh, that'll be a fun one to watch. You know, despite, despite what I just mentioned with Tennessee. But that'll be a fun one to watch these two teams that have been pretty good this year. To see them face off and see who wins in this matchup. Then you got uh, one matchup I'm really excited about: A&M versus North Carolina. North Carolina's offense really explosive, especially in that Miami game. Just to see how Sam Howell has been doing the season has been great. He's going to be got to watch out next year probably for the draft. He's got two awesome running backs and Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Got some weapons on the outside and Diami Brown and Daz Newsome. So Mac Brown's got a good thing going on there. And they're going against an A&M, t- A&M team that is probably ticked off. And so, probably not the best thing you want if you're Mac Brown, North Carolina. Run to a potential bus haul with the team being jipped out of the playoff. But I think that one's going to be a fun game to watch. And that one's going to be the Orange Bowl. So, that'll be a fun one to watch. And then we have the semifinal games with Alabama, Notre Dame, 
in the Rose Bowl, which of course is going to be going to AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, with what's going on with COVID in in Southern California. And then Clemson and Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl as with the other semifinal. I think Alabama and Clemson are, pr- are probably going to win these two pretty easily. I think Clemson maybe not as much because I still think Ohio State's a pretty good team, but it'll be interesting to see how Justin Fields plays in this one and uh, see if he can submit that number two quarterback spot behind Trevor Lawrence in the draft this upcoming draft. But I think Alabama-Clemson, I think we're headed for a rematch with these two teams, and it'll be fun to watch and see these two high-power offenses battle it out against one one another. You got potentially the best quarterback in the country, right? In Lawrence, got two awesome running backs in Etienne and Harris. Probably going to be the first two running backs taken. You got some good wide receivers and Powell and Rodgers. A couple others for Clemson. You got some weapons there in Devontae Smith. Mechie for Alabama there on the outside. So it'll be interesting to see because I think that's going to be the matchup that we're going to get for the championship game and see them battle out for part three, four, something like that. It's It's one of the two. So there's college football. Let's move on to the NFL right now as we close up shop here for the show. And let's talk some pro football and see what's going on with them and we're going to start off right with one of the games that we didn't pick jets rams just like what what what, what's going on rams come on you lose 23 to 20 to the jets Like, you know, this is a low point for Rams fans right now. Jared Goff absolutely sucked in this game. And the Jets, they find a way to win this one. I don't know. Why are you trying to win games if you're the Jets? If you're trying to tank and try to get Trevor Lawrence, who's probably going to be a better quarterback than Darnold. Why why aren't you setting some of your key players why are you trying to sit some of these guys that could actually help you win and uh try to secure that number one overall pick in the draft and get your qb of the future i don't know why so the jets when they win they lose and they lose big time because now congrats to the jacksonville jaguars you're now the owners of the number one pick and potentially the next team of Trevor Lawrence. Congrats. And as a Titan fan, great. Another generational quarterback we get to face off against twice a year. This is awesome. But for Jets fans, my goodness. A&M fans feel bad this week. Imagine how Jets fans feel. Oh, boy. They literally had them right there. Now, there's going to be a couple things that they have to hope get their way. With As far as to the remaining schedule for these two teams. They got the Browns, the Patriots, and I think the Jags. I know they got the Colts down the, I think, yeah, they got the Colts the last game of the season, then they got the Bears, and the Bears are freaking unpredictable. 
you, you don't know what team you're going to get. You don't know what Mitch Trubisky you're going to get. So the Jags might stumble upon a victory, like just like the Jets did. Jets like, hey, watch us screw up. Like Jags, no, watch us screw up even more. We're gonna beat the Bears, and then, but. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Jaguars now have a 74% chance again the number one pick according to ESPN. Like, like poor Jets, poor Jets. I I don't know what you do. And here the Jets, you know Belichick's keeping an eye on this, and you know how sneaky Belichick is. Don't want to screw with the Jets and try to screw them out getting Trevor Lawrence because he doesn't want to face them twice in a year either. So like, yeah, <laughs> screw off Jets. You're not getting that number one pick. I'm I'm letting you beat me. I think if you're the Jets organization, if you're Jets fans, you realize this and you just hope that like we set our uh, that like yo, we gotta set our best players. We want to secure that number one pick. Like say Jacksonville beats the Bears, like, hey, we got a shot here. Let's just outright lose these games and we get the number one pick. It's not that hard. But Belichick, for him, it's chess, not checkers. And if you're the Jets, what do you do now for that number one pick or that number two pick now? Do you go Justin Fields, who's struggled in a couple games this year? Do you go Zach Wilson? Do you maybe take Sewell, the tackle out of Oregon, get some more protection there for Darnold, help him out? Akai Becton's been awesome for him this year. Do you help that out even more? And adding a tackle that could, uh, that's one of the highly rated tackles come out in a long period of time. Or do you trade down and get some more draft picks? I mean, that's an argument you could use if they got in Lawrence, trying to find a way to trade Don- Darnold for a draft pick or two. And because I'm sure, I'm pretty sure there's a team out there that would take him. Like he's still like 23, 24. And so they could take him. They could groom him. It's probably a team with a veteran quarterback, a team like an Indy or a team like Pittsburgh, stuff like that. Or they could take him, send him behind Rivers or Big Ben. And then you got a young quarterback there, ready to go, who's looked decent at times, but it's just playing for the Jets, you know? He's <laughs> just playing for the lowly Jets. So, I don't know if you're a Jets fan. What do you do now? I guess you just need to hope that the Jags find a way to screw up and you don't screw up the rest of the way and that you somehow lose to the Patriots and get back that number one overall pick. But right now, it's not looking good for uh, Jets fandom right now. It's looking really rough right now. That They've had a bad week. Whew. So, there's that game. Let's talk about the other game that was surprising. Steelers at Bengals. Now, I had a feeling like this, I could see this being a game This the Steelers would find a way to freaking lose because it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, as Peter would say. And sure enough, what do the Pittsburgh Steelers do? They lay a gigantic egg in this one. Three turnovers early on and really in their own territory, which gave the Bengals pretty good field position. Now, they did have a, a pass interference that didn't go their way late in that game, which probably should have been called. But that doesn't take away from the fact that they had three early turnovers. 
that led Cincinnati, build some confidence, build their lead, and put them in a bad situation. And Big Ben does not look good. And, like, there's something wrong with the Steelers team. I don't know what it is. I know it's a different contrast, but, you know, with what happened to the Vols after they lost to Georgia, and what happened after that first half? You know, what's happened with these Steelers after starting off 11-0? What's happened? Because obviously something's happened. We just don't know what it is. We don't know whether it's Juju's dancing on a, on the a midfield logos or what. So the Steelers, they got some things to work out here before the playoffs get started because the playoffs are in two weeks. Two weeks, you got to get ready for the playoffs right here. And here you are saying right here as the three C now, when just a few weeks ago, just a few short weeks ago, you were the number one seed. You could have gotten a bye, had some time off. Because I think at this point, every team needs it. So if you're the Steelers, here you go. Here's a week off. And now here you are as the number three seed sitting behind Buffalo, which congrats to Buffalo for winning the AFC East for the first time since 95. They're now the two seed. And so now... If you have to, uh, if you do win your your wild, if you do win next week, or hold on, let me go back. If you do win your first game of the playoffs, chances are, let's say the Titans stay at number four, you're probably going to go back to Buffalo, the Buffalo where the weather's not going to be kind and where you've already lost, or the Bills. They're looking really good right now. They're they're hitting their stride right now. Josh Allen's looking really good. Like, everybody is on that team. And so now if you're the Steelers, you, you're you really behind the eight ball. You really can't afford any more losses at this point. You really can't. And if you do, the Titans on your tail. The Colts on your tail. Who knows what happens with those two teams? Like for the Steelers, you got the, you got the Colts coming up, speaking of. I'm looking at ESPN right now. They're a one-and-a-half point favorite, Indy is. Maybe on some other sites, the Steelers are. But right now, with how the Steelers are playing, I would take Indy as a favorite, too. Just considering based off how they played. Like, Indy's defense is really good. So if you're the Steelers, you got to figure something out here. Because the time is coming. And you're going to have to figure stuff out. Or otherwise, you're going to be sitting at home. In the playoffs. If you get knocked. When you probably get knocked out. The first round. With how they've been playing. They might. They might get knocked out the first round. When it was hard to envision it. Because of how well they were doing early on. Now yeah they've had some injuries. So let's take that into account too. So they've lost some big time players. And injuries on defense. Bud Dupree. Devin Bush. Vince Williams I think is hurt now. But still, that's still inexcusable, especially with how well their offense was doing a few weeks ago. Now, it's sputtering. So now they got something to figure out with that team. And now they're really in a hole. But, you know, props to the Bengals for coming out Monday night and uh, finding a way to get a victory here. And, you know, that didn't change their draft spot at all. So, you know, good on them. They're still at the number three spot. So, (laughs) you know, 
win and just stay at the spot that you're in and you'll be fine. So good all around night for the Bengals, but for the Steelers, you got some serious questions that you need answered like now before things get really, really concerning. So some of the other games, let's talk about them a little bit and then we'll head on to week number 16. Uh, the Thursday night game, I'll talk about that briefly. It was fun seeing Mariota back out there. It was fun seeing him thrive and seeing him making plays out there. Of course, there were a couple of plays where, like, that's Mariota I know. And that's a Mariota. I'm glad that it's not the quarterback of the Titans right now. And just throws a really bad pick at the end when the Raiders could have had a chance. But Chargers end up winning. That one. Speaking of the Titans, moving on to 10 to 4, Derrick Henry, he's only 321 yards short of 2,000 yards for the season. I think he's going to get it. I, I, I have a feeling he's going to get it. The Packers' run defense is not that good. Neither is the Texans' defense, who they got playing week 17. There's still going to be stuff to play for in week 17 for a lot of these teams. There's still going to be playoff spots that teams are going to play for. Now, wh- whether they feel content with where they are, who knows? That's going to be an internal thing for them to figure out whether they're fine with where they're at or if they want to try to find a matchup that they like and try to get that in. So, we'll see. I I think it's possible for him to get 2,000 yards. I mean, he had a big game against the Texans at the end, last game of the season last year when he needed it to clinch the rushing title. He's probably going to clinch it again because I think Dalvin Cook's like 195 yards behind him right now. So it's going to be tough for Dalvin. It, the only way it, it can happen for Dalvin is if something just happens with Henry. He can't get anything going or unless he gets hurt, which please don't happen. So it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible by the Titans they beat the Lions. Dolphins, Tua, they beat the Patriots. Patriots are officially done. They're out. They're not in playoff contention anymore. Feels weird to say that. Then the Eagles and Cardinals watching two former Oklahoma quarterbacks battle it out between Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. Let me tell you what. Jalen Hurts has been impressive for the Eagles. And you really got to start considering, you know, we are all scratching our heads at that second round pick in the draft, we all got to be taking a look at that now. It's like, that may have been something that may have probably saved the Eagles right there. Because, yeah, even though they've lost, Jalen Hurts has provided a spark that Carson Wentz hasn't this season. And Jalen Hurts has given this offense new life. I think them and the Jets are the only two teams that still haven't scored 30 points or more this season. And they came super close this week to doing that. In fact, if they would have scored there at the end, they might have had a shot there to tie the game and get over 30 points this season. So if you're the Eagles, you got to be thinking, did that was that second-round pick did that end up being the right thing? And right now, that's looking pretty good. Because so far, to my knowledge, he hasn't had any turnovers. He hasn't had any picks. 
I don't think he has. I don't think he's had any fumbles. I mean, just look at how different that offense is with the Eagles than it is with Carson Wentz. And now, if you're Carson Wentz, you're on the bench again with the backup beating you out, with the backup performing better than you. Now, for the Eagles, he Jalen Hurts has looked good, but of course, it's, it's kind of like you know. So let's say you get rid of Carson Wentz. You come back with Hurts as your starter, and you know there's problems on offense again. What do you do? And plus, that contract of Wentz is, is a freaking albatross, man. Good grief! Like you might have to trade some of your draft picks and trade them. Do do some NBA type of crap with that. And so. There's that situation's always on the table, and of course Carson has said he's not going to stay and be the backup. There are opportunities out there for him, but you know I think it's Simon Philly's done. I think it's done. It's probably going to be Jalen Hurst's show. The rest of the way, he's starting in week sixteen. He's probably going to get the start in week seventeen because the Eagles, like, crap, are they? They're probably still on the hunt for that, uh, for, <laughs> for the NFC East right now, because I mean, if you look at it, man, the freaking Cowboys still are. It's nuts. So, I mean, there's realistically a chance for them to find a way to get themselves in, if uh, if they win these last two, and if you're gonna need a couple other things going your way if you're. You want Washington to lose out. You probably want Dallas to probably only win one more and that's it. Or maybe not even that. And the Giants will end up not doing well. So if you're Philly, you probably found your quarterback. But now you got to figure out what to do with Carson Wentz. Are you going to try to release him? Or trade him? Or are you just going to have to keep him back up and let him be, and let him be discontent? Now, the couple things I do think would work were the things I mentioned for Darnold, Darnold earlier with Pittsburgh, with the Indy. Now, you may have to sit behind those guys. You may just have to be happy and deal with it. But I definitely think he, he probably would be in a better situation with those two organizations. You know, especially with how they're built on the offensive line, especially the Indy team. With that offensive line, I think Carson would actually do pretty well. That offensive line will would hold him up, and he would find the time, and he'd be able to get it out to the playmakers out there for that offense. So I don't know. I mean, there could be a couple teams. Maybe the Bears. <laughs> Maybe you know, see if he can work in with them. Uh. Maybe Kyle Shanahan wants to take uh, wants to move on from Jimmy G and wants to try to see if he can resurrect Wentz's career. I mean that could be a possibility, but I don't know. So probably for the Eagles, it's looking like Jalen Hurts is probably the guy going forward. And with how the Eagles have been playing, I mean there is a shot. There is a shot for them to find a way to win the NFC East. You're just going to need a couple. Things to go your way for the Eagles. I mean, you got two divisional games coming up here with the Cowboys 
and with Washington here to end the season. And so, you got a chance to, get, uh, to still find yourselves atop the NFC East. And if Jalen Hurts can catapult them to a couple of victories here, I mean, he's got to be the guy going forward, I think. And even if maybe that doesn't happen, he's probably going to be the guy in 2021. They probably end up making a right decision there in that second round this past draft. You know, again, we all scratched our heads when that pick was made. But it might end up looking like it could save the Eagles offense and potentially their season right now with uh, how things are going. Let's talk about Chiefs and Saints right here. This was, if you're a Saints fan, this is and this had to have been a hard game to watch on the offensive side early on because Drew Brees, it looked like he was done. And I'll be honest, I think he's probably going to be done by the, after the end of this season. I want to say I made that uh, comment to start the season. You know, regardless if they win or not, I think he's probably his last go around. I think especially if they win the Super Bowl, it's probably going to be the last go around because if he wins it, hey, you can go out like Peyton, like, I won. I'll see you guys. I'm done. I'm hanging him up. But he's just like not not like the guy that we expected, and we've seen glimpses of it before he was out. And, you know, I will give the guy some slack. I mean, he's coming back from a punctured lung and so many broken ribs. But he just looked like an old quarterback back there. And you had to wonder, like, could the Saints just roll out Taysom Hill or could they roll out Winston? I think Winston was the backup quarterback, they said, during the broadcast. And so... Now, but the Saints, you know, hey, listen, props to their defense. They played the Chiefs about as well as they could, and even the Chiefs still got up points. But, you know, and this could be a potential preview for the Super Bowl. So, you're the Saint. If you're a Saints fan, you gotta be wondering at after this game. They did come back and look a little bit better, just a little bit better in that second half. But. They, they tried to come back, couldn't pull out. The Chiefs, they did lose Clyde Edwards E. Lair in this game. He's probably going to be sitting out until they played their first playoff game in the divisional round. Which, you know, at least if you're a fantasy owner of him, like me, at least he went out with about a week to go. On the downside. I'm struggling to find running backs. And if you're having if you're in the same situation as I am fantasy wise heading into some of the last fantasy games of the season, that's very tough. So the Chiefs end up winning that one 32 to 29. And they're probably gonna be that number one seed in the AFC. And so they're gonna get that locked up and uh overtake the Steelers for that, so that's week 15, guys. Let's talk about week 16 here a little bit with uh with some games this weekend on Friday and Saturday. It'll be weird. I have a game on Friday. You have three games on Saturday. 
We have several games on Sunday as usual, and then we got a Monday night game with the Bills Patriots. So let's get right on into it. Let's talk about Friday night's game on Christmas between the Vikings and the Saints. I just got done talking about the Saints, but I still think, you know, the Saints, they're still good enough to overcome whatever's going on with Drew Brees and uh, beat the Vikings. I mean, I think the Vikings, they're still in this playoff hunt. They could still get a wild card spot. Depends what happens with the Cardinals, what happens with the NFC East, with those teams. So they still got a shot here. So this could be a big victory for them if they could find a way to pull it out. But I think it's going to be the Saints that's going to end up victorious. Buccaneers at Lions. Props to Stafford for coming out there against Tennessee to try to, you know, tough it out. But, uh, you know, it wasn't enough. And I don't think it's going to be enough against the Bucs. The Bucs, I think they're going to win this one, move on to 10-5 and five and secure one of those wild card spots easily and get themselves set up for the playoffs here to come. 49ers and Cardinals. Cardinals won this one. They're looking in pretty good shape for one of those wild card spots as well. So, if you're the Cardinals, this is one for you. If you win it, good. If not, you got another week to try to figure, figure it out and try to win week 17 and ensure your spot into that playoff race. But 49ers have had a bunch of injuries this year. I think they're just ready for this year to get over with. Cardinals are five-point favorite. So, give me Arizona. To beat the 49ers. And then Dolphins and Raiders. Now this one could be. Interesting to watch. If you're a Titans and Colts fan. Because hey if the Raiders. Beat the Dolphins. That could help out. One or two of those teams. Or maybe both of them. I don't know all the scenarios. To maybe potentially clinch a playoff spot. I think if the. If I remember the Titans scenario right. If they lose against the Packers. They can still clinch this playoff spot. With either a Ravens loss or a Dolphins loss. So, you know what? Screw it. My, my boy. My guy. Marcus Mariota is still helping out the Titans. I'm taking the Raiders this game. Give me the silver and black. I'll, I'll take my boy. I hope, <laughs> And you know, there one storyline in this game. Mariota versus Tua. Two Hawaiian guys, two guys that played at the same high school, battling out against one another in the pros. So that's going to be a fun little storyline to keep watch of during the game. That, that'll be fun. I guarantee you, over half the audience will be it will be from Hawaii. I, I, I think I can almost guarantee it. I think I have to. I think I should probably. With those two guys? Yeah, I, I think I'll guarantee it. So... That, that'll do for the Friday and Saturday games. Sunday's games, Colts-Steelers, that's a premier one in the early slate. And I said again, the Steelers need this one. Or else, they're looking really screwed here. It could fall down even further in the, in the seating. And right now, the Colts are favored. And I've seen nothing from the Steelers to convince me over the last few weeks that they could go out and beat the Colts. So, 
I'm taking Indy here. To go to Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers. Now, if you're a Tynes fan like me, if you're in Tynes, you're keeping a close eye on this one. Because there's still a chance that the Tynes could find themselves in the two seed. It's convoluted from what I've seen, but there's still a way. And this could potentially be a way. But also, if you're a Titans fan, you kind of want Indy to lose because, hey, if you if they lose, and if you win, you got the AFC South locked up. Now, if you both lose, and say you they both win in Week 17, which they probably should and probably will, then the Titans will still win it regardless. So right now, Colts really need the Titans to drop one of these games. And maybe drop both of them at this point to try to find themselves in the driver's seat for the South. But this is a big game for both those teams and for teams watching what unfolds there and which team falls in the seating, which team ends up taking a loss. So I got Indy going to Pittsburgh and getting a road victory. Giants at Ravens. I don't think the Ravens are going to lose one. This week, I don't think they're going to lose it. They're still in the playoff hunt. They still have a shot here. I mean, crap. I mean, <laughs> they could probably have a shot to win the division, although I think it's probably more so in Cleveland's favor considering Cleveland and Pittsburgh play each other the last week of the season. And then I guess so all the tiebreakers will be in effect. But give me the Ravens here to beat the Giants and move on to 10-5. and five. Eagles at Cowboys. Give me a big day from Jalen Hurts in his third start. His first start at against Dallas. To go and beat them at Dallas. Back in Texas, his home state. And go get a victory to help maybe try the Eagles make a late push here for the NFC East. So give me the Eagles there. Rams at Seahawks. Listen, I don't know how you bounce back if you're the Rams, if I'm honest. I don't know how you bounce back. You really need this one. The Seahawks right now are the top the NFC West right now, 10-4. and four. I don't know how you do it if you're the Rams. I, you know, But, you know, I'll, I'll take the Rams. I'll take the Rams just in case because I feel like this game where, like, you know, I feel comfortable picking Seattle, but I could see the Rams finding a way to go and win this game. Seattle's only a one-and-a-half point favorite at home, too. So this one should be a barn burner for the NFC West. So give me the Rams here to beat the Seahawks and stay alive for the NFC West title. Titans and Packers, Sunday night game. I'm actually really excited about the Titans getting a Sunday night game here late in the season. Against the Packers, Matt LaFleur, their old offensive corner against Aaron Rodgers. A guy who's either number one or number two in MVP voting, depending on whether you think it's him or Mahomes. For the Titans, the Packers' run defense is not that good. So, you got Henry back there, King Henry. The Packers better be hopeful that he doesn't deliver any more stiff arms because that stiff arm he delivered against the Lions last night. Oh, boy. That guy was just brought up to the practice squad. I mean, <laughs> that poor guy. 
So if you're Packers fans, watch out. You could be made into a meme into, in this game. Because late in the season is around Derrick Henry's time to shine. And despite how many carries he's gotten, he's still doing great. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're probably licking your chops with the Titans defense. So, I'll go Titans here because I think, I mean, the Titans offense, I think they're going to have to get off to a hot start here. And get, I think they're going to have to get the ball and just get off to a hot start on offense. Surprisingly, to my knowledge, they're the number one offense in the NFL in points, yards, and touchdowns. That was surprising to me. <laughs> uh, the Packers are a three and a half point favorite at home. It's at Lambeau, so that's considerable home field advantage right there with them. And if you're the Titans defense, I think you got to do what you did against Detroit. Got to turn the ball over. You got to turn the ball over somehow, whether it's forcing a fumble with Aaron Jones or somebody else, or whether it's for uh, maybe picking off Aaron Rodgers once or twice or something. I think that's that's probably the only way. Outscore the Packers and find a way to get a turnover or two and help swing the tide and, and get some points on those turnovers if you can. Whether a field goal or, or a touchdown, either one's fine. Just find a way to turn them over and get some points on the board. And also for the Titans, it helps having a Dory Jackson back there as well. So it gives you another player back there in that secondary to help kind of deal with Devontae Adams out there. So give me the Titans. I may be sounding a little bit like a homer, but I think if the Titans play their game, they run the ball against a, a Packers run defense that's not that good. They force a couple turnovers against Aaron Rodgers or somebody on that Packers offense. I think they win this game. And that sets up for an interesting week 17 if both the Colts and Titans win those games. See what happens week 17. See if somebody falls short, whether one of those two teams or if both those teams hold, win their games in Week 17, and see what happens then. The Monday night game, Bills, Patriots. I don't think Bill can screw them out of an AFC East title this time. They've already clinched it. They're fine. The Bills are feeling good about themselves. They're favored by seven going to Gillette. Give me the Bills to go out there and get their 12th victory of the season. They have a chance to go 13-3 with Josh Allen doing really awesome in his third year, looking really good. So, that's the NFL this week, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's show. Hope you guys, again, are doing well, staying safe. We got a couple entertainment pods in the books. If we can, me and Peter might try to find a way to do a Wonder Woman 1984 pod where we can talk about non-spoiler stuff and spoiler stuff and get into all that stuff but one thing we know for sure that we got coming Mando season 2 recap we're going to be going all into it some of our thoughts some of our favorite moments what do we think is going to happen with season 3 what about that post credit stinger at the end so be sure to be on the lookout for that on the entertainment podcast feed on whichever podcast platform you prefer SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Be sure to keep up with that. Keep up with the views feed as well. That'll do it for us here, guys. Hope you guys, again, 
Have a happy Christmas, however you're celebrating. And we'll talk to you guys next time.